Welcome to the Heartbreak to Happiness Show with Sara Davison. If you're struggling with a breakup and you feel shocked, angry, betrayed, devastated, or sad and alone, then this podcast is for you. Best-selling author and award-winning host, Sara Davison, shares how you too can get on with your life to heal, grow, and move from heartbreak to happiness. Here's your host, Sara Davison. Welcome back to the show. And today, my guest is Dr. Yasmin Saad. Dr. Yasmin is an international best-selling author and top-rated New York City licensed clinical psychologist. She has a wellness perspective on mental health issues and has helped thousands of people transform their lives in just one session by shifting their perspectives and providing actionable steps to help them find balance and well-being. She applies psychological wisdom based on Eastern and Western healing traditions to their unique problems to empower them to transform their lives. So I am super excited to welcome Dr. Yasmin Saad to the show. Welcome, Yasmin. Thank you so much, Sarah, for having me. Oh, I'm very excited. I mean, you and I met on a conference that we just did recently, didn't we? Where we were on a panel, which was amazing fun. So I know a lot about you, but my listeners maybe don't know as much as I do. So please give us a little insight into the work you do. I'll be happy to. So I help couple transition to either staying together or separating. So I do a lot of couple work and my work is really blent into the balance between Western psychology and Eastern philosophies because we all go through hardship and the idea is can you see the message in the hardship? Can you grow out of the hardship? And this is where I bring the Eastern philosophy that everything is yin and yang. In in the bad, there's a positive message for you. In the pain, there's a growth message for you. And usually people arrive at a place of happiness because they're at peace with the decision they make, whether to stay or separate. Oh, I love that. And I, I like the yin and the yang angle because I think it's so important to take a holistic approach when you're dealing with a breakup. Your heartbreak is very painful, isn't it? I mean, it actually feels like a a physical pain, even though there isn't actually a a physical injury, so to speak, but it does feel like that. So I love what you're saying about seeing the the good and the opportunities, but that's pretty hard when you're in the midst of it to really get a grip of that. So how do you suggest that your clients start that process? So the first process is to see that everything that happens within you has a message for you. And the first thing is to accepting the pain because most people move very fast into changing the pain but the idea is you are in pain because you have an unmet desire nobody desired to be in the situation that you're in right now so heart pain it makes sense it's your heart saying "I, I ache I didn't want this and really accepting that as a first place not judging it not thinking there's something wrong not going with your brain that is telling you, oh my God, you failed, you did something wrong, not going with a negative, but really giving yourself a lot of love that the heartache means your heart needs healing. And therefore you need more love coming towards you, not self-blame, not criticism. So that's really the first place to start. 
It's a lot of self-love, a lot of compassion for you because you're going the hardship of the journey right now. It's the first step and it's a bit of darkness and it can be scary for many. And so give yourself a lot of love to help you go through this journey. That will be the first step. Oh, I like that. And I think it's so important. I think, you know, self-love and looking after yourself is important. And what I see with the clients, I know we see similar scenarios that people are what I call stuffing their emotions because the pain's so difficult. Distraction becomes an option, whether that's drinking, partying, drugs, whatever it is. How would you, you know, suggest with clients that they, they work around that? Because it's, it's very easy to fall into those traps, isn't it? Very easy. And who wants to be in pain, right? So the idea is a bit of awareness because awareness on what you do, you want a bit of a distraction. You want to focus your attention on something else. You know, Les Brown has a great quote, which is what you tune into, you turn into. So if you tune into all the pain, you're going to drown and then you're going to want to party. You're going to want to do those things. So it's about tune into the pain, but then watch a funny movie, do something else. Like it's all about balance. So most people who go on the outside party, like want to kind of medicate the pain, it's because the pain is too big. So your job is to be aware that my pain is too big. What can I do for me to make it less painful? Mm. It's not going to be on the outside. It's going to be through your mindset. And mm. so it's about looking at that pain from a different angle so that you lessen the pain. I think that's so true. It's such good advice because when you're in the moment, it can be overwhelming, can't it? And I guess that's why you need friends and family support systems around you and creating an environment where you've got people like yourself to talk to, but also outside of that. Do you see that as something that that is important to support your clients through this? Absolutely. And I would say you need loving people and people who open your mindset, open your perspective. You need different perspective than yours, because when you're in the pain, you have your own perspective and you're really into that perspective. You don't see much good. You know, you're suffering. So you need the other person who either boosts you, knows you so well that they tell you, you can go through this. I have faith in you. I have trust in you. And just that love is plenty. Or you need the other person who expands your perspective. And those two type of people are essential for your journey. Oh, yes, I like that. I like that perspective. And I think, you know, as you were saying, you've got to learn to accept the pain. And I think if you've got that support system around you, it can make it just that little bit easier, can't it, when you first get to grips with it. So you said that was step one. What comes next? What's step two? The step two is to ask yourself, what is it for me? Like you want to see what can I gain from this? What do I learn from this? The step two is about transformation because pain is here to be transformed. It's just, it's like a child pulling at your sleeve and telling you pay attention to me, pay attention. You have not. And so pain is here to show you, you have not paid attention to certain things pay attention to them. What is this pain about? And if you look behind the pain, you will see unmet desires. It's always Mm. unmet desire, a desire for a family, a desire for love in a particular way, a desire for uh, companionship. 
And behind that desire, what is it? Go beyond that. The behind the family, maybe it's to be surrounded by love at the end of the day. So how can you get yourself that love? And do you need the other person for that? Are you looking for love in another instead of within? Can you go deeper? There's a message here. Somebody removed something out of your life so that you look within and build something better for you. That's the second step by just asking you the question, what is this pain calling my attention to? What is in for me? You can start unpeeling a tiny bit the layers and getting to building something better for you, transforming the pain you see. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think learning the lessons from the past is really the, the fastest way to heal and get yourself back into a position where there's a bit more stability, a bit more balance. And by learning those lessons, you get to take responsibility, take accountability, but you're also looking at maybe where there was a deficiency in that relationship. So maybe where your actual needs weren't met, not just what we want, because I think we're quite good at all knowing what we want from a partner, you know, tall, dark, handsome, short, blonde, blue eyes, whatever. You know, we know that if there's that initial chemistry, that's an easy one really for most of us. But it's the next stage, which really is, is this relationship going to be successful or not, is based on our values are aligned. Do our, you know, are our behaviors complementary or are there some clashes there that are going to be difficult to, to work with long term in a relationship? And, and things like, you know, are, are we compatible on a needs basis? So you know, maybe, for example, I know some of my listeners who I, who I know because they reach out to me a lot on my DMs. They, they ask me, you know, Sarah, you know, I want someone who's more emotionally intelligent than my ex because he could never pick me up when I was feeling down. Or he just didn't know when to come in and give me a hug. Or I need someone who's you know, more practical. Or you know, So do you see these kind of challenges with your clients? And, and how do you ensure that they really are learning the lessons? Because sometimes we don't want to look, do we? Sometimes it's a bit painful to go back and, and look at that. Yes. So I love, love, love the comments you made because most people like they see deficiency and they think, okay, so for my next relationship, I need the opposite. And what I say is like swinging the pendulum the other way. And so you still like, you have a coin and you just flip the coin, but you're still playing the same coin. So we have to get you out of that. So for example, if your partner was not emotionally intelligent, it's not necessarily to think, oh, I need somebody emotionally intelligent. It's about what is it, who am I? The question always becomes, who am I? To go back within, who am I? If I need somebody who's emotionally intelligent, what is it about me? Maybe you like to be intellectually stimulated, but at the emotional level, you know, maybe you like a companionship, maybe in terms of emotionality, somebody who can share and understand depths of emotion. Maybe you're someone who likes depth in relationship and when there's not that depth. So it's always coming back to looking at who are you and what have you discovered in this? And therefore, when you enter a relationship, the next relationship or the next thing, it's about okay, is this stimulating me in the way I want? And so it's about 
leaving behind that comparison because that comparison, you're going to swing the pendulum and most people swing the pendulum too much the other way. Then you get the person who's very emotionally intelligent and they throw you for a loop and you realize the other coin of, you know, being on the other side of being emotionally intelligent that you don't feel good at all. You feel this person is ahead of you and you feel behind and it doesn't feel good, but you didn't consider that because you went from a place that your needs were not met. So that is very important. Do not swing the pendulum, do not compare, but ask yourself, okay, what did I learn about who I am in this process? And I think we all have to do this journey to find the, a good relationship for us. Are you, what is it important in a relationship for you? That is the key. Yeah, absolutely. Spot on. Great advice. I, I think that learning from the past is important. And then I think there's also the other angle that you touched on before that, you know, what is the gift in this for you, which I know is going to great with some of my listeners, because they'll be <laughs> saying, this hurts so much. There's no gift. They were mean, unkind, abusive, all those things. And, and I totally get that. And in the moment, it's very normal to, to think like that at times. But actually, adversity does make you stronger. If you can, as you say, learn those lessons and bank them so life doesn't have to keep on teaching you the same ones. If you could do that, then actually you can turn this into a gift, can't you? You can turn this into something where you think, gosh, actually, that was a blessing that that happened to me. So I know you've had some experience with that. Tell us a little bit about your experience. Yes. So adversity is an opportunity. Definitely it is. So I will not speak specifically to the people who have had toxic relationship, abusive, really negative. What is life giving you? What is life putting in front of you? Life is forcing you to digest tremendous amount of aggression, tremendous amount of toxicity. What is it for you? For you, basically look at what is life asking of you. It's asking for you to remain you, not lose the beauty of you, not lose the self-love of you in the face of aggression, in the face of toxicity. So what do you need for your own journey to be able to do that? And sometimes it is walking away. Sometimes it's a bit, despite the negative, be able, an ability to turn it off. It's about an inner ability that you need to build. Life is putting something in front of you and you have a challenge and your challenge is up to you how you want to take it. But if you see opportunity and inner growth, you'll see what do I need to remain who I am and shine in the world in the context of what I've been through, in the context of what I have. It's very easy to blame the person was awful. Yes, the person was awful, but what is it for you in there? And there's always a way to look at it. Most people who have done the journey and are on the other side feel like, you know what? Now I can receive any comment and it doesn't enter. It doesn't because I built an inner wall, an inner self-love and it won't enter. And now that I have this, well, I'm not going to stick around to anybody who says that either. Because usually the way those abusive relationships start is you're critical towards yourself. So the first criticism, you're like, yeah, maybe they're right. So you stick around. The second, 
well, maybe. And others are sort of like, no, no. But it already entered, it's already in. So really the healing is about self-love and looking within and finding your own beauty and finding your own voice. Are you struggling to cope with your breakup or divorce? Are you feeling devastated, heartbroken, sad and anxious? If so, please know that you are not alone and there is help available. Sarah Davison, best known as the Divorce Coach, and her team of accredited coaches are here to offer you the support and guidance you need to navigate all areas of your breakup, take back your control, and start feeling happy again. Sarah will show you how to dial down those controlling negative emotions, unhook from your ex, get back in the driving seat of your life and design a future you are excited to live. Sarah has a range of solutions to support any breakup, including free guides, one-to-one coaching, her Heartbreak to Happiness virtual retreats, live retreats, and you can even train to be a breakup and divorce coach with Sarah too. Visit www.saradavison.com today and start to feel happy again. And so when you talked about me, my journey, it's that's that's about the journey. And that's the one I write in my book, the Ignite the Hunger in You uh, book. Here we go. Uh, which is about giving great voice to who you are in light of those around you and not in spite. Because a lot of people give great voice, but in spite. Because they say, this is bad and this is awful and I'm going to rebel. And I say, yes, this is bad, this is awful. And it's meant to propel you to your next best self. Can you see it? Can you have that lens and feel empowered and move forward? Oh, I love that. In light, not in spite. I love that phrase because... You know, bitterness is an interesting thing, isn't it? Because I know Jennifer Aniston once said, holding on to bitterness is like taking rat poison yourself and then waiting for the rat to die. And the only person that's getting hurt, obviously, is is you in that scenario. That resonates because it's very easy to hold on to that bitterness. And, and, you know, bitterness is a, a small word. I mean, sometimes this is, you know, people have been incredibly cruel, evil, done horrible things to you and it may not you know if you're going through the court system may not just have been your ex it might be the lawyers involved the the legal team the court system the experts so-called experts in the system could be lots of different people involved in that and so you feel like the whole system is against you and I have so many clients who are living and breathing that right now and it's, it's it's really difficult to see but coming through all that and having walked that path myself I think you know, it's very easy to be bitter about it. And then, but when you start to shine, you know, when you start to say, actually, do you know what? What can I learn from this? This was tough, but it's taught me something. What's it taught me that I can then share with others or use in my own life to make me stronger? Because once you've been through those tough times, Jasmine, as you're talking about there, you know, this is applicable to so many things. I know you work with people on all different topics, but, you know, if you've been through a tough time in life, that can make you so much stronger to the point where when more challenges come along, which we all know they will, because it's life, right? This is what life's about. Um, suddenly that curveball comes in and you're like, actually, you know what? I know I can get through this. I know I can thrive even through this. 
because I've been through my past and that was tough enough. So it can give you that resilience that then enables you to be even stronger in the future, right? Absolutely. And I love the example you gave because you, you want to ask yourself, what am I confronted with? If you are against, the, the core system is against you, the lawyers are evil to you. If, what are you confronted? You're confronted with your own helplessness. And in that helplessness, you have a choice to drown in it or to awaken your own power. And the question is how you're gonna awaken your own power because nobody wants to drown in the helplessness. And the idea is, can you keep the hope? Can you keep the faith? Can you keep, it's a challenge. Life is putting in you a huge challenge so that you become stronger because you have no choice but up. Nobody is going to go down. And you can go down a little bit, but at some point you have to go up. And so the idea is you want to see what am I being faced with and how can I transform it? If it's helplessness, it's about finding your own inner power. How do you go about that? Every one of us has their own question. Maybe surrounding yourself by very supportive people. Maybe doing some inner work about why do I feel powerless? Do I have a voice? Do I have the resources? What do I need to give great voice to who I am and not feel powerless? Or can I be indifferent? Can I see this as a game they're playing and I'm not going to play? There's so many ways, but the key is always to start with what is life putting in front of me? And what do I need to do to deal with it? And if you look at it that way, you will see a positive message for you and you will step empowered in your next move. And that is key. Mm. Yeah, that's really good advice. And I think you said about your voice is really important. It's quite often in the family court system, especially in the UK, and I'm sure it's the same in, in the States. But you can't speak out because you can't talk about what's going on because it's all private. So you're not allowed, the court doesn't allow you to talk out about certain things, um, which means that you don't have a voice, which means that it can be very difficult for people where they want to scream and shout about the injustice or the unfair or even the cruelty of some of the things that are happening to them and some of the people that are working with them and surrounding them but they can't. So what would your advice be on how do you find your inner strength when you can't vocalize it? You can't stand up and say, guys, this is what's going on. What would you recommend for that? Your question is so good. It's the example you're giving me are about giving great voice to your mind, which is the mind wants fairness. The mind wants equality. The mind wants justice. And the mind will judge right and wrong. And so when I talk about giving great voice, it's not about giving great voice to the bad, the unfairness. It's about giving great voice to who you are. And so it's about giving great voice to your dignity. It's about giving great voice to you. So for example, you're in the court system, you cannot tell your side of the story uh, for privacy reason, or you cannot share the bad, but can you stand straight and tall? Can you find a way to see, you know, you will not share my story, but I will be the story and I will show you the story. It's about going within. So most people go with, how am I going to fight this? How am I going to do this? How am I? 
the way you do it is from within. And so the giving great voice in that moment, it's about standing tall and straight because when you have a tax coming at you, when you have negative coming at you, you don't want somebody who throw a stone at your window brings the window, you want it to go through. And so that's the, it's an inner place. Sometimes it's standing tall and straight and feeling this is not going to touch me. I cannot tell the story, but we know the truth. And just embodying that truth, give a message. Like you can feel when you're in a room with someone who holds their own, they don't have to speak. They don't have to say anything. You know that there's a truth in it. And you know the person who attacks, how they behave. So it's about going to a bit of a different place a place of inner strength because the outer world you won't be able potentially to achieve what you want to achieve um, but you can always try and you have to try and so it's about how the first step standing in your own cloud and the second is how to be figure out what can you say and how can you say and how can it be enough if you say a little bit people will listen like Somebody who fights, it's like a dog that barks, you know, a dog that barks loud, I mean, you hear it, but you don't, but a dog that's, you know, just when they say something, it impacts. It's like somebody, you have a speaker, they don't say, they don't say, they don't say, but when they say it hits, this is how you want to be in the court system. You want to choose the one thing and just say that and have a presence and it will have a bigger impact. Yeah. Oh, it's such wise words. And I think, you know, when you, you do stand tall, I think that word dignity used is really important. I think maintaining your dignity in the face of adversity, in the face of abuse, in the face of cruelty, and in the face of injustice, and maybe some worse than that. You know, if you can stand tall, as you said, shoulders back, head held high with dignity and shining your light, which I talk a lot about, you know, just letting it shine, you know, the true you that is fair, that is just, that wants the best, you know, that is enough. And I think, you know, sometimes it's it's hard when you can't turn around and say what you're really feeling. But I think having a, an outlet, like coming to see somebody like you, for example, being able to talk about things is important. So you do get to voice that upset, that hurt, that you know, that rage in some cases at the injustice of situations. I think that's important to be able to express it because not allowing yourself to do that is tough. But in the face of those people, the difficult people or abusive people, whatever you want to call them, I think that is a is obviously you need to keep your boundaries high and protect yourself. And so just doing the right thing is protecting you and making you almost unstoppable. So maybe those those stones don't go through. They just bounce off that glass. It's like yeah, you can't touch me. I am strong from the inside out, which is the strongest way to be, I think. Do, do you agree with that? I absolutely agree with that. And I would say like, when you have a desire for justice and fairness, you have higher moral values. So when somebody comes at you with attacks, uh, the idea is to not to lower yourself to go into the attacks because people feel vulnerable and they go to that place and then they don't like themselves in that place. So it's about keeping up your moral values. And that's the key. Can you see that this battle, it's not about winning the court. The battle is about 
winning your own voice. It's about respecting your value, respecting your dignity, as you say, shining your light. And the way you shine your light is by saying, I'm not playing this game. You know, I'm not going to become an abuser because when you are abused, you have two choices, victim or abuser. And we want to not be on that flip on that same coin. We want to get rid of that coin. And so the idea is not, there's so much more in respecting you and remaining loving towards you and not going on the attack because you might not like yourself afterwards and you might not get the benefit. You might just speak your truth and that will have enough impact. And I, I totally agree. And I think I've seen people doing that and the people that can hold their own actually radiate something that is a feeling that other people, however dark their energy might be or however aggressive or, you know, in a bad place as people are, they look at you with some admiration despite themselves because you can hold your own and they know that you're never going to drop your standard to their level. So I do think there's a, that just doing that, even though it's not vocalizing anything, shifts the power dynamic and, and gives you a sense of, well, okay, this may not be fair and I may not be able to influence, but I can have the respect of the room. And I think that's, that's important too. And I think that really can help to heal when you, maybe you can't vocalize some of these things. And it's, Unfortunately, something I see so many clients struggling with at the moment. So, yeah, definitely a really important area to address, Yasmin. Thanks for your insights into that. And now tell us a little bit more about the book, because I know this book's come out. You've done it with Les Brown as well, who's awesome, one of the leaders in the personal development field. So tell me a little bit about how that came about and what your chapter in the book is all about. I love to share about the book, but before I go into the book, I just wanted to add a bit what you said, because I believe most people, what they do, they go in the mind that is about fairness. The biggest mistake I see is people going into their mind and finding like, this was wrong, and I need justice, and I need this, and I need that. And from that place, it's very hard to find healing, because maybe you'll get the justice. At best, you get the justice. At worst, you don't. But at best you do, but when you do, you're still not satisfied because maybe you got the money, maybe you got the house, maybe you got the kids, but internally your heart is still aching because it's the justice is from the eye of the beholder. And the only way is to change the game that the more you see yourself as a victim, then there are the abuser. And we have to change that perspective. And so gaining the material thing is not the healing piece. So I wanted to talk about that because that's a place where really, in my opinion, people go a tiny bit off and, and lose themselves in the fight for what their mind think is good instead of like relinquish it. Okay, life is putting this in front of me. What is the journey for me in this? And it's about self-development at the end of the day. Life puts things in front of us so that we consolidate what we build internally. You talk about the light. It's about life brings you back so that your light keeps shining. It's about seeing when the wind blows, can you still be a bright light? And it's about that. It's about can you see that the darkness is here to strengthen your light? That's the way to look at it. 
So now I can segment in the book. So this fantastic book with Les Brown, Ignite the Hunger. And it's about that. It's about igniting what you're hungry for. So what you're hungry for is mostly about your inner desires. You know, what do you desire in life? Maybe you desire a word of peace. So you desire love if you desire a word of peace. So don't go about it from a justice. Go about it from a loving. So this book is 35 authors who are all inspirational speakers, motivational speakers who have a message. They share their personal stories so that you can relate. And it always starts with hardship because that's the way it works. And then we show the transformational journey. And so in mine, I show how I became who I am. I'm, I'm top psychologist in New York City. And, you know, my parents, my father specifically, did not want me to be a psychologist. Um, but he had a message for me. And once I was able to listen to his message, I was able to become who I am. And his message was he was worried about my well-being. As a psychologist, you know, dealing with people who are, have mental pain, will I tune into that mental pain and will start having mental pain? And he was worried for my financial well-being. And by understanding his message, understanding there is something for me in that opposition, it's not that he doesn't want me to shine and be who I am, that he has concern. And by embracing them and embracing his philosophy of perfecting your art, I became who I am. There's so much more about it because there's stories about war and trauma and hardship in it and overcoming trauma that I think will relate. And people in the book have stories about abuse and what it did. There's a fantastic story about J.B. Owen, who was in an abusive relationship. And she said, your past does not define you. It refines you. And it's a beautiful story that I think your audience will really connect to because most people who have gone through bad relationships feel their past defines them and how can they recreate, how can they move forward? And it's about refining you. So those two chapters, giving great voice to who you are in light of those around you and not inspired and your past refine you, does not define you, are key. And there are many others. So if you want the book, it's called Ignite the Hunger in You, available on Amazon. That sounds amazing. I love the title because quite often the hunger or maybe the passions I might refer to it as, yeah, is driven by pain. It's driven by your past experiences that have shaped you or refined you, as you say. I love that. Um, and I think it's really important for, you know, if people are listening to this now thinking, you know, you might be in a lot of pain right now, but that can actually turn into what drives you in the future, either to find you know a better match for you or to help other people do you know for example for me I went through a very painful divorce and now I specialize in helping others which is very therapeutic in itself because you have to work through your own stuff to be able to help others and and it and it's great to turn such a you know a trauma in life as, as some of those people you mentioned in the book as well into something that is helpful and helping other people with those messages so yeah Excellent. Well, I can't wait to get my copy and have a read. So thank you for sharing that with me. And if people want to find you and work with you, how can they get in touch? So they can find me on my website, Madison Park, 
psych.com. And if it's too hard to write or say, just Google me. I'm everywhere. Google me, you will find me. That's the easy way. Google me, you'll find my website and you'll find me. That's usually the best. That's a good plan. That's a good plan. So Google away for Dr. Yasmin Saad. And one last question, because I always ask this to my guests, because I think it's fascinating. Heartbreak to Happiness is the name of my podcast, because I think it's really important to know what happiness is for you consciously, so that even when you are having some of those tough times, and maybe you're in the refining process that we've talked about, you can tap into that along the way. So what is happiness for you, Yasmin? Oh, I love that question. I often think about that. I discover that I am happy. I've explored it a little. I'm happy when I'm so aligned with my value, my desires. So sometimes for me, I'm happy when I'm actually doing nothing. When I sit on the couch and read a book, I'm so happy. And that tunes into who I am. I, I am someone who wants to enjoy life and who wants to have a balanced life. So when I balance my life, I am so happy. So for me, happiness is about being aligned with a bit your mission in life, your purpose, your own balance, who you are when you're so in tune with who you are, living a balanced life about who you are, you're so happy because like everything shines. I love that. I think balance is so important. And often it is the simple things that make us the happiest, isn't it? It really is. But thank you so much. Thank you for being a fabulous guest and sharing all your insights. It's been great talking to you today. It's been so lovely. Thank you so much for having me as a guest on your podcast. I loved, loved, loved all your reflection, all your comments. You're a fantastic host. So thank you so much. Oh, thank you, Yasmin. Great to speak to you again. So that's it for today's episode. Do head on over to madisonparkpsych.com to find out more about Dr. Yasmin Saad and what she's up to. And I look forward to you joining me on my next episode. That's it for today's episode of Heartbreak to Happiness. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review to win a free ticket to one of Sara's virtual retreats. The retreats are a transformative combination of live webinars with Sara herself, coupled with empowering online video programs designed to help you cope better with your breakup and start feeling happy again. For more details, head on over to heartbreaktohappinesspodcast.com where you can also get a copy of Sara's free gift. Thank you and join us again on the next episode for another dose of Heartbreak to Happiness.